Are you in need of personal training after a couple of years of lockdowns? Are you an athlete ready to take that next step in your high performance career? Or are you in the market for an injury prevention, prehab and rehab expert? Well, Piota Health and Performance has you covered. About you, for you, with you. Piota Health and Performance is your Melbourne-based personal training and high performance company. Servicing the Western, Eastern and Northern suburbs, Piota Health and Performance is NDIS registered, university degree qualified and ready to take you on your journey to a better you. Contact Dan and the team to commence your health and performance journey with Piota today. Go to their Instagram at underscore Piota, that's at underscore P-I-O-D-A, or email them at trainmeatpiota.com.au, or you can call Dan on 0402-978-275. That's 0402-978-275. Piota Health and Performance, about you, for you, with you. I'll have to say something. Reese, do you play golf? I, I've literally, I got really into it for like two or three years. But then I moved to Baldwin North and I just didn't play for like 12 months. And I was like, oh, okay. Solid club. Why are you looking at that, Joe? Why are you smudging your face up, Joe? Where's this going? What's the story? Well, I have gotten a lot better. Genuinely, how's this? I've been doing lessons. Yeah. Came together in the biggest way possible yesterday. I've got a lot of questions here. How long, how often do you play? Probably once every, well, now I'm a bit calmer, so I'm going to try to play a bit more because I was quite stressed. Answer my question. Maybe every like mm, three weeks, if you had to average mm. it. So you know that you've got a mate, me, who's an avid golfer. <laughs> Reese, you reckon at some point over the last six months, he might mention, Joe, I'm getting lessons and I want to play a lot more, bloke. You've got a mate who's an avid golfer in me. I had no idea that you now want to become an avid golfer until you sat here, right, shut up, don't speak, until right now when you're telling me, oh, I'm getting lessons and I'm actually really good. Oh, and on top, I've been playing. Who's, I want you better? to message me. I, I am. I want you. No, you know, do you know what it is, Reese? Do you know what it is? He hasn't wanted to play with me. Do you know why? Because he knows it's the only fucking sport that I've got him covered in ever. I need to get better first. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Almost Blues Brothers podcast, episode 58, part of the Blue Broad Podcast Network and brought to you by Piota Health and Performance. It's the buy round for the Blues. It's not a buy round for us. We do this every week during the season. We've got a mid-season review coming up. But more important, and 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 we'll preview the Essendon game to finish off today. But more importantly, to kick things off after we get these formalities out of the way, we did it last year. It's back. Three sixty feedback, and it's tense. Me and Dan have already, had, you know, a bit of a war of words to start. Reese, I, I, Reese, I, I like. So I don't usually get into a scuffle with Reese. So. It's going to be very interesting to see how this pans out. Reese, welcome back to the pod. Thanks for having me, boys. Thanks for having me. I'm pretty excited to talk about what um, what's transpired over the last, what is it, three months now of footy that we've seen. It's been pretty good to watch, hasn't it? And as I am, um, for the listeners, I wish you could listen to what goes on before we go live. I, I really do. It's did, I, did I introduce you or did you, did you just speak today? I'm running the show because... Apparently, all the comments said Joe's carrying. Well, 
Joe's carrying the pod. Joe's carrying the pod. I can sort of give a bit of an insight. So I chime in, what, once every maybe six weeks on this podcast? No. It's like like walking in on an old married couple, the way that you two communicate to each other. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Reese just has to step out. Because it, it does it gets a bit fiery at times. I'll be back uh, in twenty minutes when you two sort this out. <laughs> I sort of I sort of question I sort of question sometimes why I'm mates with Dan still, but that's right. The love the love for Joe is really, really, really deep. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta dig deep, he reckons. <laughs> All right. Look, uh, as we always do off the top of the show, we're gonna thank the listeners and then we're gonna get into this. So Appreciate everyone coming back for another week. Episode 58. Can't believe we've done 58 of these with this Muppet here and Reese, especially. Yeah, Reese, I reckon with the amount, just quietly, and it, it's nice that you give the mid-season review, but it's nice that uh, you're joining us because I reckon you've done as many episodes as Jules at this point. True. I reckon, yeah, I probably have, haven't I? I reckon it's genuinely close. So anyway, thank you to all listeners. Uh, if you're new, welcome. If you come back, welcome back. Uh, if you haven't already, you can follow us on Instagram at Almost Blues Brothers. You can use the link tree in our Instagram profile for all your Almost Blues Brothers needs. Links to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google, as well as all of our social platforms in our email. If you haven't already, hit that five stars on whatever listening platform you are listening on at the moment. At the moment, it is greatly appreciated, um, and it does help the podcast out immensely. We're up to sixty-five five-star reviews, boys. It's actually uh, very humbling. It's nice. It's nice awesome. that people are actually either like us or they just do what I say at the start of this podcast, one or the other. I'm, I'm not sure yet. Um, and also you can hit that bell and subscribe to the podcast and whatever your listening platform is at the moment to get those auto updates as episodes drop. Now, bit of business before we get into the 360, right? I'm going to a bit of business first. Dan, Reese, I'm not sure if you know this yet. As of today, we have a new member in the Almost Blues Brothers family. We do. Dan? We are proud to announce that Will Hayes is our newest member of the Almost Blues Brothers. Proud player, sponsor of Will Hayes, the VFL comeback story, ex-Bulldog, turned blue, taken in the mid-season draft during the week. We're on board. And the, the whole family, the whole Almost Blues Brothers family, listeners, everyone, we're all behind him. We're on board. Let's go. I'm excited. Joe. It's a terrific story, isn't it, Will Hayes? Yeah, it is. Working yeah. in the stables, getting up at three in the morning, chasing sleep around while he's playing in the twos, dominating, and then he, he gets the call up. It's great. The end of the day, mm-hmm. if you can help us out on Derby Day in the cup, I'll be pretty happy. <laughs> Dan's Dan's already uh, already said he's going to be well and truly in his ear for a few tips. So hopefully, hopefully this sponsorship can pay dividends in ways other than just connecting with the club. But if not, you know, we're all behind Will. He's part of the family now, and I'm, uh, it's good. We're proud. We're proud to be finally sponsoring a player. We've spoken about this for a while, so um, that's it. That's that's the order of business. We've kept that pretty tame. Joe and I are pretty excited. I think we've sung to each other about how happy we are over the past three, four days, so we're up and about. It's getting hazy. It's a huge get. It's great, I reckon. It's a, like I said, it's one of the great stories, I think, anyway. When, yeah. he's that, when he's lifting up that cup on grand final day, I believe in him. I genuinely reckon he's going to he, – he, he will play this year. He'll play this year, the way that he's been going about in the VFL. He's shown enough. 
when he's lift, when he's lifting up that cup on grand final day wearing the number 50 you're going to see me and Dan right next to him Andrew and yeah. Reese and I'll be taking the cup off him and running yeah. all right quick preview of the show of the running order and then we're going to get into it first off like I said 360 feedbacks going to kick us off I asked you guys today to provide some feedback and you provided provided some good ones here uh mid-season review to this point of the year we're going to go back and look at our pre-season predictions as well see how close we were and maybe revise a few of them uh and we're going to preview the Essendon game coming up on Friday night we're ready to spoil that birthday party there so boys without any further ado let's get into it All right, now I want to get this out of the way because it's tense. We're all tense, especially Dan. Last year, like I said, we did our first round of three three sixty feedback. We kept it between me, Dan, and Jules, and we just we we gave a little bit of feedback to each other. This year, we're going to do that again. Whatever you've got, it all goes out on the table here today, and we sort it out. But. The listeners have also provided some insight into some things that we may have missed, which is nice. Now, Jules isn't here, but we're going to provide the feedback today on Jules as well. He can listen back to it. He can come back next week and he can he can grow from it, become a better podcaster, a better person out of it. I feel personally that from last year's feedback to this year, Jules hasn't grown. I think he's actually... <laughs> <laughs> he's regressed. Now, Reese, uh, did you ever listen to Triple M back in the day? Saturday rub. Uh, yeah, I, I think I knew. I know. Yeah, I know what the three sixty feedback is. But this I was, is... to be honest, after the fiery start that you guys have had, I was pretty happy to mediate here and just play a marriage counselor and, and let you two go at it because well, you've got enough. You've got enough material on each other, I reckon. Well, if you've got anything to add, you can add because I'm not saying that you're safe either. You've done enough of this now that you know there, there could be a couple of bars. Yeah, that's all right. I'm happy to wear what you've got. Now, listen, this is how it works, right? The reason this is brought in is because of a bit of in-house fighting, and we have that, like you said, Reese, every single week, at least between yeah. me and Dan. You know, a little bit of tension in the group. You bring it in. You, you try and sort through your issues, and uh, and this is how it works. You sit there, you sit there, and you cop it. You sit – you got no right of reply, none. You sit there, and you cop whatever comes to you, and you take it on the chin, you grow, and you move on. Yeah, Look at Dan. He's, he's antsy. <laughs> I'm not as nervous as what you think. Because I've I reckon, backed myself. Nah. I reckon you're more nervous. Wrong. I've backed my performances this way, this year. Um, that You know what? Bring it. Come on. Bring it. All right. We're going to kick off. Now, is there anything anyone wants to put out there, get out on the table before we get into this listener feedback? Anything at all? <laughs> I'm still a guest in this family, aren't I? You guys can't talk shit on me yet. No, you've done, like we said, I reckon you've done as many episodes. Right, I've, I've contributed as, as, as much as Jules has. You're copping it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to get out on the table? Give us no, some first. I'm an open book, so I'm all, I'm all good. All right. We're going we're gonna to get to listeners. Now, the listeners left some harsh ones, some nice ones, there's a few mixed in. So... We're going to start with me. I'll, I'll kick off. <laughs> from the listeners, from Daniel Lotriet, Joe, you've got great leadership steering this ship. Love the passion for the baggers. Oh, 
I'm not listening to this. I'm not listening to this. It's just going to be at Liam Jono. At, at Liam Jono says, Joe severely carrying the show. Jimmy Laser, not a question, but Joe, do your shoulders hurt from carrying the team? Oh, I mean, you know, there's a lot here. These aren't real, are they? These are all real. There's not Big one up. bit of negativity from listeners for me. So, unless Dan, I, reckon, I, reckon, I reckon Dan's got something. I'm happy to move on. Jimmy Laser, how about later? Message me how much you, Joe paid you to write all that, please. Have you got anything of substance to add? Yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> okay. You all, you all think that Joe carries the show. Once again, behind the scenes, I get a phone call before the podcast. Dan, 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 let me speak. I want to say this. Dan, 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 let me speak. I need to say this. I want to intro the show. Of course, you can, it's going to seem like Joe is carrying the team because 70% of the the... The content comes from, oh, who? Oh, Joe. Guess why? Because we can't say anything. Yeah, that's, that's fair enough. <laughs> yeah, fair it, enough. I mean, it, it, it got thrown around last year. It, it can be the Joe show, can't it? What? Oh, Reese is coming. <laughs> and do you know what he does? Reese, yeah, no, I agree. And you know what? You know what he does? <laughs> he gives us a little bit of airtime to fuel his ego and go, oh, I gave him a chance to speak. I gave him a chance to speak. I mean, I've, I've got to be fair. I don't mind it because I'm probably the laziest contributor of the lot, but I don't mind the Joe show every now and then. I don't. You don't like it? <laughs> I want an even distribution of airtime. And if you go back, Joseph, like I did, and I'm calling you Joseph. Yep. Not even Joe. If you go back, have a look at how many times poor Julian and myself got interrupted mid-conversation. Is this this year yeah. or last year? Is this this year yeah. or last year? Oh, all right. But in again, you <laughs> might speak. <laughs> all right, I'll cop it. Like I said, go put your hand up. I'm going to cop it. Is that it? You're done? You feel better? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, I'm going to get Reese out of the way here because there's there's one comment about Reese here. One. Yeah, here we go. From Josh Barker, 05. Oh, he hasn't. Has it just says, I'm assuming this is a mate, more Reese. And I agree. Is that all he said? More Reese. I was getting ready to get smacked in the eyes there from Josh. Do you agree? Do you agree with that, Dan? Yeah, I do. But <laughs> that's just because that's just because Jules offering us nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some feedback for Reese. Yeah, I've got some. On me. it's not podcast related. But me and Reese, a couple of weeks ago, we uh we went out. We went out for a drink. Doesn't We're out watching the Carlton Fremantle game. And all I'm gonna say is this Reese, if you can't hang with the big boys, don't come out with the big boys, man. Learn my lesson the hard way, didn't I? Learn my lesson the hard way. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Reese, and I can't say that I didn't end up in a similar state, but Reese had to call the night early. And uh, we drank a lot of beer. We watched the, we watched the Blues get belted by Frio. And uh, and all I'm going to say is, Reese, if you can't kick it with the big dog, don't come out with the big dog. you got to respect the man for knowing when to court, though. Because I did. I, I came out and said, Joe, I'm going to go, mate. <laughs> Dad's lost it at big dog. <laughs> you know what? 
when you call yourself the big dog, that's how you know you've got to go really, really far, really far. Now, we're, we're going to move on now to Jules. Yeah, of course. You know, Jules, Jules, Jules can't defend himself, so this is going to be nice. <laughs> we can just tee off. Now, before, before the listener feedback, have you got anything, Dan? Bruce? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Julian Lawrence Cassano. Because you give us numbers, a lot of them doesn't mean you know anything about football, mate. Yep. Okay? Because some of the shit that, you, that you've spun <laughs> this year in particular has been – I borderline was going to see if Joe can mute you. Mid, can, mid. you can you remember last year, Jules – he was covered. He had Casado's calcs, but he tried to he tried to really spin numbers. Do you remember Dan early on against in the Collingwood game? He ended up breaking down tackles per minute. Do you remember that? Tackles per minute. You got to be better. You got to be better than that. The guy can't follow clear instructions unless he's given him. Joe goes, boys, we're going to start off with introducing the Instagram, whatever he says, the normal intro. Jules, he goes, hey, Jules, how are you? And he starts talking about the game. Straight into it every week. That's true. That's actually really good feedback. Very good. Yeah. And I hope Jules listens to this. I hope he listens to it. Do you know so, why? Talking about how many touches Sammy Welsh had. Welsh. <laughs> Welsh. <laughs> yeah. Welsh. Reese, the reason why he does it is because he needs to get out what he's saying and he doesn't want to forget. Yeah, that's actually that's actually very true. That yeah, is it very is true. true. Yeah, it is. I've got one. Have you got anything for for Jules Reese? As he's likely, no, future, no. likely future brother-in-law, maybe just walk a time. Only good words about Jules, of course. Yeah, very good, <laughs> very good. <laughs> At least you do, Dan. I know you've got you've got one more. It's not podcast related. You brought it up today, and it's very true. So I'll let you get to that. It's about his European travels at the moment. Maybe a few photos he's been taking. Oh. But before we get there, before we get there, now I've got one for Jules. And this was brought up early in the year by a name, a guy called Tom Hacho. That's all I know him on Instagram as. Now, when I put the call out today for 360 feedback to listeners, Tom messaged us and said, you know what I sent you, Joe. That was the only thing I got. And I knew exactly what Tom was referencing. Episode one this year. Tom messaged just after listening. After listening, he said, "Boys, I got some feedback for Jules. I've just listened to the episode, and I've counted Jules saying in terms of fifty-six times <laughs> in one episode. Now, Jules, Tom stopped tracking this after episode two because he just <laughs> couldn't do it. You need to expand your vocab." Just expand a little bit. Get your thoughts in order and just clear, coherent, concise sentencing. That's all the list. Not even us. That's all the listeners are asking for, man. Dad, you got one more. You got one more. Not podcast related. Nah, it's not. Don't worry about it. It's not podcast related. No, no. He needs to know. Jules, <laughs> please, on Instagram. And if any of the listeners have him on Instagram, don't add him. Because all you're going to see is rocks, bridges, <laughs> and archways. Bills, please, for us, like your, like your, like your content in the in the pod. 
improve it a bit on your Instagram, Jules, because we're sick of seeing that. Agreed. Joe? Like Dan said, you can go to my parents' house and take a photo of an archway and put it on the Instagram, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one to finish off. Dan's got a bit of feedback. <clears throat> then you you need to sit there and just cop it. It's and not I've bad. Got, and I've got something as well that I need to bring up. Have you got anything, Reese, before we before we kick off with Dan? No, no, I'll let you go for it. I got one bit of feedback from at Seb Fernando. Dan. You need to ease up with saying at the end of the day, Dan, there's only so many days in a year. <laughs> That's the feedback. That is true. That though. is true. That is true. Yeah. You know what? At the end of the day. <laughs> it is. It is. Just like Jules within terms of you need to just go the other way. You need to. Good. He's copped it. I've got something. I've got something. Dan, before the show, you shared something with me that made me very upset. I've learned that you've been playing golf for the better part of the last six months. Now, Dan, you know I'm an avid golfer and apparently, in inverted commas, we're best mates. Dan, where's the invite? Is it because is it because you're scared that I'm actually going to beat you at a sport for once? Is that what it is? No. <laughs> oh, I need to know. The realization is I actually don't like spending time with you. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Not many people do. Uh, I, I don't have anything else for Dan other than it's not about you. We did this last year. It's not about you. You didn't take this feedback on last year. It's all it's it's all about Dan. It's me, Dan, 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 Dan. Every single day calls me consistently consistently like systematically calls me 8 a.m 10 a.m 12 p.m every two hours on the dot joe i I need i need something from you joe can you do an instagram post for me joe can you write up this was my favorite one recently joe can you write up a full email to under armor nike and adidas for me (laughs) dan when i come to your house i'm gonna bring my own pizza man Come on. Yeah, you got your hand up. Go. I appreciate that. However. What do I say about no right of reply? No. (laughs) No. Well, you're done. Are you done? You just got to cough it. You just got to cough it. Your character assassination of me because it had nothing to do with the podcast. (laughs) I don't know. know. Well, there there was a bit of feedback on the podcast at the end of the day. I'll take that on board because that's what this 360 feedback's about, the podcast. Uh, it's about you growing as a person and you don't want to do that. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, to finish off, we're done before this gets into a, a territory that's, that's really going to kick off. What did you I listen- say about an old married couple? What did I say? Yeah, true. He's stormed out. Good. He's walked out. <laughs> there was some actual feedback relating to the pod. They've said, at Liam Jono, he said, any danger of you blokes getting some fucking microphones at some point. And that's fair enough. They're coming. They're coming when Jules gets back. At Dooley's World, wouldn't mind you talking a bit deeper into the upcoming games each week. And then Jimmy Gregg said on the flip side, lose the around the grounds. So we're going to take some. We're going to leave some. We appreciate the feedback. Dan, Reese, 
I hope you grow as people. I know, as you could tell from the feedback, there's not much I really need to do on myself, but uh, of course not. Work on. You're awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
two or three of those wins that we got early in the year were, you know, questionable, but we, we got them on the board and we banked them. And that's what good teams do. And we're slowly becoming one of those good teams that, that you can rely on. But you can see us that whether we're, whether as a team or as individuals, the side's maturing. And despite injuries, et cetera, you can see maturity with each game. Um, and yeah, uh, like I said, for me, I'm in, I'm in awe of what the coaching staff have been able to do with this playing group. I really am. Yeah, you're spot on. You're spot on. Um, I mean, for me, you talk about the game style and the structures and the systems that we see now. I think we all may have thought, you know what? If we're getting bossy, we're gonna we're gonna have a really if he if he coaches anything like he played, <clears throat> based on the learnings that he got at Port Adelaide and whatnot as well since he left Brisbane, we're gonna have a tough outfit. It's gonna be a contested outfit. But I don't think many of us would have seen the turnaround as quickly as what it has happened. Like we saw it from day one, day one. That was a, if you, and this is probably where we'll start to get into the retrospective a little bit on Carlton season. Takes us back to round one. We all went, we're all at the game. And I remember sitting there going, I don't think I was convinced at the time that we would see it week in, week out but you could see that we had an identity straight away. And that was not something that as a supporter that we've seen for literally, I would say six or seven years, like an identity of football that you can go, that's the team we're going to get every week. It's a consistent, yeah. it's a it's a consistent, contested, brutal, like we brutalized teams. I and mean, we saw it from round one against Richmond at the contest, at the source, we were hungry for the football. Dan, you spoke about in round one, how we were fanning out from the stoppage able to able to link handballs and get the ball out wide, make sure we had more direct inside 50 uh, connection to our targets in Harry and Charlie. Mate, it was on display from day one. Yeah, 100%. And what, like what you were saying, that in the last few, maybe three or four years at least, we've probably been starved of that sort of brand as a, as a team. Like they've never actually had a style that you can point to and say, well, that's the system that Carlton played to. But like you were saying from round one, it wasn't just the contested hard stuff that they were doing, which you got from Boss, but you, like you were just saying that you pointed out, Dan, we're actually using the wings now. I think we use the corridor the least of any team in the comp. So there's a, there's a clear system and it's a style that Boss has been able to implement literally from day dot. And that's, you know, I'm just repeating you now, Joe, that's the most impressive part, I reckon, that, you know, there's, there's now a role that every player has. We don't have guys like Patrick Cripps that we expect week in, week out. We know what he's going to bring or what Sam Walsh is going to bring. There's a system in place that, you know what, one out, one up. And we've seen it time again. We've seen Hewitt go out and one up. And then you see Kennedy go out and one up. And then you see Cripps go out and one up. Chera, Walsh, they've all missed. But there's a, such a strong system and a belief in that system that, you know what, doesn't matter if it's Paddy Dow that comes in for so-and-so. It's it's going to be fine. And, and Reese as well, there's an emphasis on winning, a, a, a massive emphasis that win at all costs. That mm. uh, and, and, and you see it. Um, none of this, I understand it was early, but all this, oh, yeah, we're just focusing on development. No, like winning's at the forefront, has to be. Yeah. You know, the development comes as a part of having that winning mentality, and we yeah. haven't had that for years. We have, Great. As long as I can remember anyway. Um, yeah. And I think, boys, and I think the listeners will agree, the inclusions that we've got with, you know, Hewitt and Chera have just been especially <clears> – <throat> Like my man George Hewitt, he is on another planet of what he's added into that yeah. midfield. Oh, it, yeah, can't be understated. it can't be understated. I think outside of maybe Waiters, I reckon George Hewitt is is the MVP of this side. We've seen what he brings. 
when the contest is tight, you can look to George. You know what you're going to get from him every single time. He's really clean. He's been really, really clean with his hands at ground level. Like oh, I'm super impressed. I think we're all super impressed with what he brought. Two or three rounds in, I remember turning to you, Joe, and I remember looking at you and I went, you know what? I believe in this side now. That like I, I was a believer when I saw it against the Dogs, even though that last quarter they they had Dunkley had a, a couple chances and but at the end of the day with what we bought and the t- intensity and ferociousness that we did for that game to match it with the dogs midfield for me I'd seen enough uh, and I don't know boys can you agree just like if injuries aside with those injuries coming back I back us against anyone in this competition I really do yeah and I mean and I'll get your thoughts on this one race because you spoke about the dogs game Dan and I think that was the first game where we saw that onslaught. So we didn't really see it against Richmond where we where it was ferocious. We saw it in the last quarter, but it didn't feel like because it was the last quarter, it felt like it was just a last ditch effort. And I think everyone was just relieved that that Zach Fisher goal was when the damn wall broke yep. think, like against the, against the Tigers. What we saw in round two in the second quarter against the Dogs, especially, we were put on seven goals in very very quick time against against the runner up to the premier last year. Is that the moment where you went, oh, like, like this, this could be real. Like we hadn't seen that in years. Like we, we hadn't seen us do that to a side in uh, over a decade, I would say at that point. Yeah. It, it was, it was either that or the first half against Port Adelaide. And again, it's, it feels funny bringing up these games, like you just said, because we did give up a pretty significant lead and a pretty significant buffer, but seeing, and, I, and I've sort of said this a couple of times on the podcast that I know this is a, I'm treating it as a transformational year. So understanding that there's going to be stuff that we need to fix, but put all that aside, you look at the very best football that we're playing and there's no, there's not a team in the comp that it doesn't beat or at least match up with. Support Adelaide finished second at the end of the home and away season last year. So they, by round four of the following season, they're no slouch and they're proving that now. They're going to push for the finals pretty hard, I reckon. They end up winning five, four or five in a row after we beat them. But seeing that 30, 35 minutes where we just slammed on goals and you go, shit, this is actually, but these are genuine players. Like we've got a genuinely good list and a, a super strong spine. And, and like I said, availability and experience is only going to improve because it can't get much younger and, and much, I guess, weaker in terms of injuries. So it's, no, I reckon we're in a super exciting spot, I reckon, as fans, because it is, it's oh, real. Yeah. People are starting oh. to notice. It is big time. And I think even the fact of looking at games like you mentioned with Hawthorne and um, and Port where teams would then – like in the past, teams would go on a run and we'd have no no reply and they'd go on and win by four or five goals. How many times do we see it? But now you can see we stem. We stem the flow of teams. Whether mm. they – you know, say they kick two, we'll kick one. They kick three, we kick two. Like we, we have a reply now and um, – and it's something we haven't seen. And I, I just, again, I talk about growth and with each game that I see, and again, I think we've been unlucky with our injuries. Uh, I, I really do. I, I think some of the results, especially the, over the past couple of weeks, especially against fucking filth, we would have we would have nailed them. I'm a big believer. I think we had them, even with no hurry, no pitto, no Kennedy, even with just weeders there, I reckon we would have had them nailed. I, I, yeah, we- I really did. Yeah, we spoke about that last week in in a lot of depth. I mean, you covered that first block of games really well. I thought, like, 
We had a loss to the Gold Coast in there up at Metricon, but that doesn't look too bad now, considering the teams they beat up at Metricon, including Frio. They took Melbourne all the way, um, and they beat another top side. They beat Sydney on the road as well, I think it was. So they've shown that they can compete, the Suns. So it doesn't look that bad, but you're right, Dan. Like that, And, and, and Reese, you spoke about that first block of games, and I look at that as... We had really close losses, uh, close wins to against the Hawks and Port after giving up massive leads. But to your point, you know, last year, the year before, we lose that game by four or five goals, and we came out by banking wins and we're four and one after five rounds. After that, I mean, sure, we play Freo over in Perth, uh, greasy conditions, not the best of games to watch. It was probably our worst performance for the year. But then you've got a block of games after that. We won four straight. You got North and Adelaide, and I think everyone leading into those games was going. A bit of PTSD from from yep. seasons gone, where we come up against these sides where we should be belting them, and not just beating them, belting them, but we're sort of sitting on our hands, going, "I want to see it first. Like we haven't done this in the last couple of years. We need to see it first. And we put them to the sword. We put them to the sword. Fifty points and forty eight points, two weeks straight against genuine salad dwellers this year, and that's exactly what you want from this side. I think by that point, at, I think that was round eight against Adelaide. I think we all went, "All right, we're not." We're not that team anymore. We're, we've yeah. taken a step from bottom six, and we're definitely we're definitely not in that category anymore, which was good to see. For sure, and I reckon that's that's the almost the lens that you need to look at this season through, because it's super rare that clubs go straight from being in a bottom six bracket into top four, and we far exceeded expectations by being in the top four. Up, you know, now we've got a game in hand, so we're not, but we were in in the top four pretty much at the halfway point of the season. But that's not how that progression generally works. It goes from getting out of that bottom six collection of teams and then moving into the next six where, you, where you're fighting for that final spot. And that's realistically where we're supposed to be at. And it's what's really pleasing to see is that the separation between us and the teams that are in the bottom six is super clear. It's as clear as day now. And the, and the separation between us and the teams that are in the top four, well, I don't know about it because Sydney just beat Melbourne and we just beat Sydney. So we're, we're now we're sort of leaving that conversation of bottom six and we're slowly moving into that conversation of top six. And it's, it might not happen this year. There's still a chance that we finish seventh or maybe even eighth. But the fact is that there's, you can't deny the group is ready to take that step and they're pretty much doing everything they possibly can, barring a shitload of injuries, which no one likes to blame, but it's gotten to the point where it's unavoidable. Um, barring those injuries, you think they're going to make that step in the next 12 months? Yeah, mate. The game, Reese that solidified that, what you were mentioning about us having a clear divide between bottom six and, say, top eight, is that North Melbourne game. That was a big one for me because it's it, we needed to belt them and we smacked them by 50 points. For me, that showed that there was a clear divide between us and those bottom those bottom tier sides, you know? And I think, yeah, sure. And then, and then to back that up the following week and do it to Adelaide, it just yeah. solidifies it. And then that that next step, which really solidified it, was Dan. We went we went up to Sydney. We we yeah. went away days, and that was a game where we went. Even me and you going into into walking into the stadium, we went. We'll lose today. We'll lose. We just lost Harry. Um, yeah. Everything was going against us that week. There were there were a couple of things that went against us that week in the lead up, and we just went. It's away. We've never won here. We lose this game. Like if. Even even though we've seen what we've seen, everything points to a loss. And we didn't drop the lead all day. All I, think it's day. Because, I think it's because 
again, because of previous seasons, I know me, for example, I was a big thing that, you know, if we lost someone like Harry, we're done for. Mm. But, but to see then the result that we picked up there in Sydney, I'm just, again, it's it exceeded my expectations. And boys, you know what? No team's kicked 100 points against us. I yeah. actually hadn't thought about that, but that is that's true, isn't it? That <laughs> no is true. No one's no teams kicked hundred points. That's very true. So, um, and you know, if we keep it under hundred, we're always a chance, especially 100%. with that five now. Then, obviously, we had Collingwood last week, but the week prior, we were all there. Fifty thousand were there at Marvel, and that was there was for me. There was a feeling going into that game, boys. I don't know if you remember it, but we. I feel like everyone was kind of going, this could be this could be the game where we announce ourselves. Or we look back and we go, like, this is this is real. Like this is the real deal. We are we are a good and I could see Dan's got a little smile on his face thinking back to it. I can genuinely you know what? how did you say that? I was literally I was literally in the corner of your eye, in the corner of your of your mouth. I could see, I could see a wry smile. Do you know what I was laughing at? In that game, I've literally everyone was quiet. I've stood up and yelled, "We are the best team in the competition." <laughs> and that's like a woman in front of me goes, "Keep a lid on it," and I go, "No way." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in that second yeah. quarter, in the second quarter, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was something different. That's what I mean. That's what I was. I think that's what I, I was on the podcast that week. I think, and that's what I yeah. said that in that second quarter. Don't, like, as you can't take it away from the rest of the game because the rest of the game did happen and they did come back and we did nearly bottle it, but we didn't. But you still can't take away the fact that the third quarter was a bit of a shit show for us. But in that second quarter, that level of footy is as good as what anyone can play in the comp. And I don't reckon there's just flat out no denying it. Like that onslaught of attacking pressure and contested work, that's as high quality attacking footy that you can see from just about any team that we've got, we've got stuff we need to work on, but to have that box ticked and to know that, you know, we've got now three months worth of this sample size and that every week they're bringing that, you don't even, you don't even think about it now. You go, all right, let's settle down those, those five goal runs. And then all of a sudden we're a contender. Well, Sydney, Sydney was the first real test as well since Frio really. And there were questions about whether we'd be able to actually compete with a top six side or a legitimate side. So this was this was that test where we went, okay, we don't have a Melbourne for a while. We don't have a Richmond for a while. This is this is who you've got to knock off to announce yourself. And I think back to when the Western Bulldogs beat Sydney up at the SCG uh, in 2015. They won the flag the year after. Now, I'm not saying we're going to win the flag next year. I'm not saying that by any means. I'm not saying that we're going to win the flag this year. But I firmly believe there are moments and there are games this year that we'll look back on to go, that's when the damn wall broke. That's when... That's when the fortunes of this football club turned around. Sydney in that second quarter, that was that 30 minutes, that was that was one of those periods of time that we'll look back on to go, that's when it all changed. That's when the mentality of not just the team, of the organization, but the whole fan base, that's when it all changed. For sure. For sure. And that like the more of those moments you have, the more it becomes a habit to play like that and to think like that and to act like that as a player and as a fan and as a club. And you know, we've already mentioned what, three or four of them. Individually, we've plucked out the, the doggies moments, the Port Adelaide moments, North Melbourne, Sydney. The more of those that add up, the more belief you have in, in them as a team and hopefully the more belief they have in themselves. And I don't know, it, it, it feels good going to the second half of the year, despite coming off a loss, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but it, it does feel good. Jules's dad 
came up to me. It was during the, uh, might have been Hawthorne game. And he goes to me, Dan, it's going to get to a point. And I said this in one of the pods. It's going to get to a point because he obviously still seen success. They all have that generation. And um, he goes, it's going to get to a point when you boys are going to rock up to the game and go, not, oh, will we win? Or, oh, maybe we might win. It's by how much. Yeah. And likewise, now with what I've seen, it's not about, oh, if we win a premiership, I feel like it's when. It's it's literally that that's where I, I can feel it, honestly. Maybe I'm being maybe I'm too carried away. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I really I all I see with this site, I don't see too many negatives. I see more, you know, areas to improve. And like I said, at the end of the day, you know what? You do talk about our injuries because that's a big factor. I don't care what anyone says. It's not an excuse, but it's a massive reason. And you get those players back and it's different, you know? Yeah, I've just, I've just brought up a little graphic here for us to reference. And I, I saw this earlier on the stream yard when I came in. I think Pommy's put this one together. But if you look at our injuries, and obviously we were brought back to reality after that Sydney game with Collingwood last week, but we did lose Weeders. We spoke about this last week in depth then. So we're not going to – I don't think we need to back over it. It was a disappointing loss. But we lost Weeders, and we're already going into that game without Mackay, without McGovern, without Marchbank, without uh, Pitnett. Cunningham, who you forget about, Ed Kerno, who would be good depth, Zach Williams, Oscar McDonald done for the year, Luke Parks done for the year. Like our back line was already stretched when you when you think about the likes of McGovern, Marchbank, McDonald, Parks, Williams. That's five players that you could fit into a 22 if everyone else was injured. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we're already stretched, and then Wiedering goes down, and it's like, oh, like really? Not, yeah. not, not like we already weren't putting up with enough. But I look at that Collingwood game, they only kicked 79 points. Yeah. It wasn't even. It wasn't really even down to our defense at the end of the day. Sure, they could have put a few more on, on us in that third quarter, but we just we didn't have the firepower. It was out of the middle where they beat us and they did their homework, and that was probably the most disappointing part of the Collingwood loss for me. It wasn't the injury; it was more so how we lost the game for me. It just took us a while. It just took us a while to adapt, and then I think once we started playing our brand of footy, then we started to get on top of them. But I mentioned to you boys, or I mean, uh, yeah, I would have mentioned to both of you, but I think at the end of the day. I feel as though if the Weeders injury came midweek, we win that game. Yeah, 100%. Boston, yeah, I think visibly, visibly you could tell the team was rattled. And I think Collingwood did – they played pretty well, and I think they've been playing some pretty good footy lately. But you could tell for 20, 30 minutes there, the structures were just completely AWOL. And I reckon they sort of pounced on us a little bit during that time. But, um, I mean, what, look, that list you just got up there, this is a, a stat which I sent over last week. I think there was 10 in that list – um, of injuries, uh, and I think there's a couple others, but the, the total amount of injuries slash unavailable players by club, Carlton leads that stat with 12. So we've got 12 players who are on our list that, that can't play because they're either injured or unavailable. Um, the only other club that has 12 is West Coast, and we all know how they're travelling. Yep. Um, and what's interesting to look at is, is you, as a Carlton fan, you go, okay, well, we're sort of sitting in that fourth to sixth bracket. Who else is there and what are, they, what are their numbers like? So Brisbane, Fremantle, and Melbourne, who are one, two, and three, and we were fourth when this stat came out last week, have three each. So we've got four times each of them in terms of injuries slash unavailable players. So you go, yeah. you, you don't want to blame injuries, but there comes a point where you've stretched a list so far that it just can't not have an impact on how you're and, playing. And I want you to keep going here, Rose, because you sent probably the best stat I've seen this year in terms of how well we're actually going considering the cattle that we've got and the list that we've got at this stage in our development. It was around 
the amount of games of experience we give up compared to other teams and where, that, where we're bucketed in terms of the other teams in comparison. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, this is another one I saw. I think it was on Twitter. I can't remember who posted it, but if I did, I would have given him a shout out. <laughs> but um, again, this is like you're saying, it, it was up to round 11. So we're not not including the round that was just gone because we've got a game in hand as well as a couple of other clubs. But up to 11 games into the season, uh, this was just a, a ranking of all the clubs based on average games played versus average games in the opposition team. And Carlton are ranked third lowest. So we're 15th in the comp, uh, 16th in the comp, sorry, with an average games played of 75 and an average games against of 89. And one thing that I thought was interesting is that we only went into the game having a more experienced side twice out of 11, 11 matches. Now we ended up winning, what, eight of those matches and only losing three or two at this point. Three, sorry, three. So that just goes to show that the, the list profile, when you take away the injuries that we've got and the experienced players that aren't out there, and then you look at the players that are out there, they're all kids. They've, they've, they've played, you know, 60 games between a lot of them. And then, like, you, yeah, it's it just it gives you the confidence to know that there's a list out there that there's, they're going to grow and they're going to keep playing together for another five, six, seven years. Blew my mind. Blew my mind. That that there blew my mind. And I said, I, I, I've, I'm going back through the chat here, but I, I, I even said we're going to be good for the next four to seven years, like like premiership contender good. And it's not this year. It was never about this year. Whatever happens this year is a bonus outside of finals. It's the next four to seven years. And like you said, Reese, here, <laughs> so far Melbourne at that point, they were the more experienced team in 75% of their matches. We were the more experienced team in 9% of our matches this year. Wow. We were 8-3, and three, and at the time they were 10-0. Or ten and one, whatever it was. Yeah, like ridiculous, ridiculous. To, in terms of, you, you never want to say what if, but imagine we didn't lose Harry. Imagine we didn't lose Pitto. Imagine we didn't lose Weeders. Imagine we didn't lose all these names that you can rattle off throughout the year, mate. Uh, our best footy is yeah. still ahead of us. It's insane. Yeah, but I think it just gives you confidence. I think it just gives you confidence in in our system, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's absolutely. And I think. Yeah, I think to round out this retrospective, props where props are due. Michael Voss and the entire coaching staff, Luke Sayers, Brian Cook, everyone that came into the club in that preseason that's done the work literally over, only over the last six months. Massive, massive, massive credit to anyone that's been involved in turning this football club around and that system and structure. Vossi, you've got the job for the next five to seven years. Lockdown, lockdown. Yeah. Can we can we talk about negatives? I don't, yeah, I don't want to be our guy, but I think we sort yeah. of have to because I'm starting to feel a bit sick with some of the shit we're saying now. Think about it. Though. It's crazy, though. Like, this time last year, crazy. we were talking about were negatives, right? Like, it's the, the turnaround's insane, but go. Go, Rick. It is insane, but where do you guys honestly see see us as a defensive team? Do you think there's – is it something that we need to worry about or are you you're sort of calm about, you know, we've still got a bit of time on our side given how inexperienced and – young the list profile is that you think you know we've got a couple of years to figure this out we're still going to be in that window defensively i think our back six when they're all right i don't feel as though it's as much of a worry as what our wing the wing our two wing spots are i think that's the area that i think needs addressing because i don't think it just gives enough cover or enough run going forward so enough cover down back and enough run going forward i just feel like they're the two spots in my opinion uh that again, like you got Nunes in there, Cotchell's Cotchell's played a role, uh, but uh, again, once once again, you know, eh, 
I just think our systems allowed him to play a role enough for the team. But I feel as though our back six, you know, Marchbank for me is a big one. You get yeah. him right, you get him playing consistent games, and I feel as though that will just change the whole structure of that back six to just really, really, really shore up anything. Um, yeah. You know, McGovern getting injured, he was, he was fine. He was, he was coming into his own in a big way, wasn't he? Off, mm. off, off half back. Um, yeah, it's such a shame. We only saw like what two games of him, but it just looked, yeah. it looked like this was his because he's been wandering around the ground, almost not knowing where his best position is. Is what it feels like. I mean, you got Harry McKay and Charlie Kerno that pretty much say, "Well, mate, you don't really have a spot here anymore." So, I don't. Yeah, think... I, I, hopefully, he can come back with that same what? sort of attitude and vigor next I, year. I tend to. Yeah, go. I don't. Sorry, Joe. I don't necessarily like to just blame the backline. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Uh, for yeah, me, yeah. I, look, I look at the the whole ground. Um, I think the team for me to look at there is the, the standard for me is Frio this season. So if you look at Frio and the way they spread and the way that they defend yeah. as a unit, they're probably they're number one for me. If we can get anywhere near that in the next couple of years, I think we've got the attacking profile that's going to be very, very hard to keep us under 100 most weeks, which we've already seen this year. I think we've, we've kicked 100 most weeks. From memory, we kicked it so Richmond Dogs 1 2 94 against Port. We'll count that. Uh, so you say three, four, five, six, seven, seven of the 11 games we've kicked, we've kicked over 100 points, and it's very hard to very hard to beat a team if you can't keep them under 100, like you said, Dan. I think we've got that attacking profile, it's just the defensive side that if we can yeah. replicate something similar to what the Frios of the competition are doing, I think we're going to be very, very hard to beat. Well, we, we have that that defensive ability. Forward in our forward in our forward fifty, we're 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 possessed. Matt so, always is leading the comp. I don't know. Well, I mean, he was when we had all played eleven games. Yeah, he was leading, totally. leading the comp in tackles inside fifty, which is insane. Yeah, you can see it with our smalls, him, Dirds, like Motlock when he's in there. Oh, I think I just think those two wing spots is where we're lacking uh, to to really, yeah, to unify the whole thing defensively. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And this is this is where we're going to get into the, the last bit of this review. It's actually looking forward. So post by just, well, just wait. Just wait. Reese, what do you reckon as a okay. negative? Uh no, so I reckon we're still one solid key defender short. I think what you're saying about Marchbank is important, but I don't think just based on history you can rely on him just yet. I reckon you you look at our forward structure and you think you don't need to touch that for another five years. That's fine. Just maintain the fitness and the health of that list and you've got other guys that can come in um off the back of it but i think the wings are going to be a bonus but i still think we do need one solid key defender along where it is to shore that up a little bit i've got a name hopefully it's one but i'm just just worried a bit worried about banking on him if it's not someone on our list like a mcgovern or mcdonald or a march bank whose body tends to let them down more often than not and we do have to go outside i've got one name Griffin Logue out of contract, and we'll talk about him from Frio maybe another time. I don't really like talking about trades mid season, but you know, it's some sort of player like that. That that could be it could be the answer going forward. Speaking of going forward, like I said, I've got the injuries up on screen again for us to reference here: Williams, Mackay, McGovern, Marchbank, Weedering, Pittenet, Ed Kerno, Cunningham. It's eight names there that could probably play a bit of a role for us in the lead in to finals at the end of this year. We've got 11 games. Six of them are against current top eight sides. Where do you see us finishing? We get most of this cavalry back around probably round 18, 19, outside of Cunningham. Most of those players that I just mentioned should be good to go, including including Weedering. 
um, including McGovern, who's on track for Geelong at this stage, um, and including Pitonet, who's also on track for Geelong. We're eight and three. Just quickly, six teams inside the top eight. We're playing our last 11. How many wins do you have us pegged for for the season? 14 wins, I reckon. I reckon it's going to be – we'll probably just just do a little bit better than breaking even for the last half of the year. I think it's going yeah. to be tough. And like I said, I think the injuries are going to really impact us. Yeah, I'm about the same. I really need to see how we go against Essendon to make a call. I think for me, how we cope against – Essendon are shit. But, again, no weeders. I, I just want to see what and how we look like without him, you know, from the start. So, mm. Sam Durden yeah. coming in. Sam Durden, I'm I'm big on Sam Durden. I think he's going to play. It, based on what I've seen from our system, if all we need is a key defender to plug a hole and he's got the experience at AFL level, I think Sam Durden's going to surprise you on on uh, Friday. I reckon Peter Wright's yeah. in for a night. In for a night. I've got us. I think we all said we actually all said 14 wins preseason. Yeah, I've actually got us doing a little bit better. I'm giving this team credit where credit's due. We're going to get a few in, a few back from injury, a few key players back from injury along the way. We get Weedering back by GWS at the latest. And then we've got we've got GWS, Adelaide, Brisbane, Melbourne, Collingwood to finish. In those five games, we can win three alone. Prior to that, I think we can win we can win three or four in that run. We get Harry back, hopefully against Richmond, maybe this week, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um I've got us I've got us pegged for 15 wins. I I think this group's shown that they've got the heart, they've got the fight, they've got the systems, the structures in place where Regardless of the cattle, unless we lose more, touch wood, we don't lose anyone else that's that's key to our rotation because we are stretched at this point. If all stays break even and we get players back along the way, I, I can see us winning another seven games from this 11. I, I believe in this group now from what I've seen. I just do. I'm, I, mean, I, hope, I'm all... I hope it's the case because I think people have been saying it and I think I agree with it that you, we're going to need 13, 14 wins at least to play finals because I think yeah. – the comp falls off a cliff at 15th, so everyone's banking these wins against West Coast and North and Adelaide. And I don't think the talent at the top is really that far ahead, 4th, 5th and 6th. So people, like all these teams in the middle of the table are banking wins. So we just yeah. need to keep on doing that, which we have been for the start of the year. So there's, I guess there's no real reason why we continue it. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we go with the injuries. usual we've got another week in footy we've had the buy round and this is it this is the one that me personally this is the one i pencil into the calendar every year when that fixture comes out there's the one that i look at and go if there's one this year that we do not lose it's this game friday night at the mcg funnily enough i don't know why they've done it it shows the stupidity of this football club that we're coming up against Friday, 10th of June, MCG, 750 bounce. On their 150th birthday celebration, we play the Essendon Football Club and they requested to play us on this night. They requested. They requested. I didn't realise they requested. They requested from the AFL on on the fixture that we've got against the Blues, we want a Friday night primetime game to celebrate our 150 years as a football club. How stupid. They want us to put the sell in celebrate, I reckon. They need some ticket numbers. Yep. Yep, exactly. That's spot on. And, it's, and hey, this game's already selling out. I've had a look at the tickets today. It's Monday, and it's the game's genuinely looking like it's going to be another blockbuster, which, uh, according to Swoop Luke, also last week, apparently we don't play in front of big crowds. What? Yeah. Pretty sure anyway. we, I'm pretty sure we average the highest home 
I think home attendance we do. I think you're right. I think home attendance we're right up there. Anyway, forget about Swoop. Forget about Collingwood. That's in the past. We're going to listen on Friday night. Memories, boys. And I, well, I've got a few against this mob. Memories. I mean, the big one, obviously, is the mark of the year that was completely robbed, right? <laughs> yes. And the fact that Mitch Robinson, who at the time was probably the worst kick in the team, <laughs> put it on his head, which I loved. Yep. And I think we were about 90 points up. It really didn't get much better than that as a moment, did it? Eddie kicked eight that night as well, I think. I think Robbo, Robbo was on Eddie watch at that point because there was about 10 minutes left and he was on eight. And they wanted, I wanted to see if they could get him 10. But yeah. Walk just, uh, you know, Insane. took the limelight for, for, for 20 was it, seconds there. Was it the same year that we, in the, I think it might have been the first week of the finals, drummed him by about 80 points as well? Was 2011. That it's another good memory. Another good memory. We've got good memories. Chris Judd took a specky that day. He did. Chris Judd didn't did. do that. <laughs> did, you, did you go that day to that elimination final? Uh, no, I wasn't there. I don't okay. Think. I remember being there. We are up in the bleachers, but it was it was rocking. The place was rocking. My favourite memory as a kid, watching the big Fev link. So we're, I think we're 48 points down with about, three minutes of clock time to go in the second quarter and Fev kicks his first. And all of a sudden, Fev had eight. <laughs> he had eight by the end of the day. Uh, we, we beat him by, I think it was three points we beat him by. I watch that replay every year in the lead up to this game. I'll be watching it tomorrow. Uh, that there is probably, and I was quite young at the time. I think I was, would have only been about 10 or 12. I think it was 07. I think I've got that right. Anyway, uh, and that sticks in my mind. That is the best individual performance you'll ever see from a footballer to bring their their side back from forty eight points down off his own boot. Just crazy, crazy. Baz put, it, Baz put it perfectly last week. We have more hatred our generation for Essendon, don't we, boys? We do. Do you feel Probably that? Reece? We're, all, we're all born around that ninety nine time. Like I'm ninety four, yeah. and you're ninety five. I think Reese, you're ninety five. Ninety four. You're ninety two, Dan. Reese is 94, I'm 94. So we all, I feel like <laughs> for a lot of us, our early memory is that prelim. Correct. So coming into this game, there's always that we've got the wood over you. You don't have the wood over us. And this is one we're not going to lose, boys. I'm telling you, it's just not happening. Mm. Key matchups. Now, Essendon, like you said, rightfully so, Dan, Essendon are rubbish. Genuinely they are, rubbish. No, they're shit. They, they, are, they are plain and simple, very, very bad football side this year. They're terrible. So, yeah. I, look, like I said, I, I look at the matchups, and even with our, our key personnel out, I, I don't see us losing this game. The the, the danger is Peter Wright, plain yeah. and simple. I think well, he's. Lewis, Lewis Young goes to him, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, you'd think so. Yeah. You'd think Lewis Young would go to him. Uh, I don't think they're going to put. Well, Jerk Dern's going to play. He'd play. So, so, yeah, he'll play. Sam Dern will play. Harry Jones is back for the Dons, and I think Lewis Young is a better matchup for Jones. I think Sam Durden at 195 centimetres and 100 kilos or something. No, he's 198 centimetres, I think. He's a big boy. I think Sam Durden is the matchup for Peter Wright. I don't think it's Lewis Young. Where the damage is going to be done, in my opinion, from our perspective, is we need to be clinical. We're going to – like our forward line stacks up that well against them. It's not even funny. Like, are you going to – Speaking who are you going to have on Charlie? Of, Seriously, who are you going to have on Charlie? Speaking of, I need to bring this up. 
There was a report today from Sam Edmund on SEN. Harry had his meniscus surgery five weeks ago. Sam Edmund has reported officially that Harry, if all goes right this week, is an outside chance to play on Friday night. Now, I'm not getting anyone's hopes up. But five, five. Weeks, five weeks is close to that six-week timeline. If if all goes well and he plays, forget about it. Shut the gates. Don't even play the game. Just forget it. Uh, pop, your, pop your party poppers at the start of the game, Don's fans, and go home. Go. Boys, do you have if him? He doesn't, if he doesn't, let's just assume he doesn't. Charlie. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. I'm excited. I hate this mob. <laughs> yeah. Listen, do you have, knowing that, now I don't believe it personally, but do you have H as an emergency? So if you need him, you're playing? Oh. No. 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 You don't. Because then what, what, if, what if you lose someone on like a, a small defender or something like that and you go, oh, shit, we need to put an extra man out there. And- yeah, I know. No, I'm no. just I'm just painting the scenario. No, no sub or emergency. He's either good to go or he's not. And I think for me, I'll put it to you this way: it's a meniscus. I'm no expert, but from what I understand, it's not the worst knee injury you can have. And it and a lot of players actually play through it. Is that right, Dan? Yeah. Well, he did for a week and a half, didn't he? Well, there you go. Yeah, if he's yeah. even for me, if he's even eighty percent, play him because it's going to be. I feel like it's going to be Bruce Free Essendon. Uh, in terms of their attack on the football and their defensive pressure and whatnot, it's it's relatively Bruce Free this year. And I don't think he's in any strife of doing more damage unless he hits a contest too hard. Or, or what is a team is a hold bunch on, hold on, of hold on, hold on, hold on. stars. That's it. <laughs> they are. You're right. well, they are. They are. No, I'm sorry, Joe, but this team is a bunch of pop stars. And you know what? We are contested base, and if we bring a little bit of a little bit of intensity, they're going to crumble. They don't oh, like I it. I they agree. Like I agree. It. I think out of the middle, it's going to be a clinic all day. This this is going to be the biggest clinic you'll see all year. My point is with Harry. Just quickly, Dan, we've got Richmond next week. I don't want to bring Harry back after six weeks on the sidelines to face Richmond straight off the bat. I'd rather give him a run. Just give him a run. If he's if he's eighty percent, give him a run. If you need to bring him off for three quarter time for, through a medical sub, bring him off. But I'd rather see H get a run this week if he's even close to getting named. Close. Just to get his legs under him before next week. Do you Bruce, think that does him more harm than good though? I wouldn't I wouldn't rush him back. I don't I don't I'm not I'm not as scared of Richmond's back six as what I would have been three or four years ago. I think a couple of them are getting on. Robbie Tarrant is probably one of their stronger performers now, and I don't think he's got, you know, the muscle to take on H. I reckon he Harry is a player now where you don't worry about who he's playing against, I reckon. He's by far and away one of the biggest and strongest players in the league. Oh, so I'm going to respectfully disagree with you, Joe. Listen, if we're you talking about... You don't have to do it respectfully. You can just tell me. He's telling me he's got no idea. <laughs> if you, listen, at the end of the day, we have to talk about... We're talking about Essendon, all right? And I feel as though you wouldn't rush him back against Essendon. That's in my that's my opinion. Well, we're gonna see. We've got maybe a couple of others that may come back. Jack Martin as well. He could be in the mix. Um, Matt Kennedy, he'll be back. So we've got we've got a few few nice inclusions coming in. Sam Durden, obviously, should debut. So look, it's gonna be, I think you're right, Dan. This this should be a team that we belt. Like the Adelaides and North Melbournes of the competition. I don't care that form line goes out the window and all that sort of stuff in these games because they're rubbish. They're just rubbish this year. They're gonna have to bring Everything and more 
to even get close to us, I think, in this game on Friday. So make this, make this hell for them. And uh, I'm telling you, when I've seen them, like from watching their games, you make it hard for them and they will crumble. You, you We need to make this so hard for them. It's going to be, it comes down to the, the contested work, right? We know that we're yeah. easy, we can easily beat them, but if the work ethic isn't there, that like at the end of the day, they are still an AFL club, right? They've got decent footballers, but given what we've got with our you know, injuries in the back line and we've got Sam Durden potentially coming in, it just makes us important to just stick to your guns, do what you've done every week up until this point and just go out there and smash them at the contest. Reese just said they've got decent footballers. I'm going to respectfully disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, predictions. Blues by 60. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I'm with Reese. Blues by 60. We're going to belt this one. Oh, I thought you said shit. I thought you said lose by 60. I was like, oh. no. <laughs> we're going to belt. We're going to belt them. 60. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say something like, yeah, around that 40 points, 40, 50 points. You're fake. You said today four goals. Did I? Oh, did I? Look at him. Charlie, <laughs> Charlie, will, kick, Charlie will kick six minimum. Charlie's kicking seven or eight. Oh, go still, is he still leading the Coleman with a game in hand, or is he one behind now? Uh, that is a good question. He's a goal behind Jeremy Cameron, who had a big day on the weekend. Boys, that's it. Good show. Big show. Good review. Blues are back on Friday. Let's get around them, man. Up the baggers. Well, big second half of the year. Can't wait. All right, Dan, let's stay quiet. Go, please. <laughs>